Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside my good friend and host of the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia, for today's episode that is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. We're going to have the Michelob Ultra moment of the week coming up a little bit later in the episode. Everyone could probably guess what it is today, though. Spirits are a little bit higher than they were on yesterday's post-game podcast, Justin, and it doesn't really have a lot to do with the fact that the Eastern Conference Finals are tied at 2-2, and there is a huge game coming up at Fiserv Forum on Thursday night. That is not the reason why the optimism is high, because there's still a lot of work that's to be done in this series, but we're going to talk about Giannis today. I think it's fair to say with Bucks fans and Probably the entire basketball community, sporting community, really. Everyone feared the worst for Giannis when he went down with that left knee hyperextension. It looked terrific. I haven't watched it again since it happened at the time. I think I watched one replay and I was like, that's enough for me. I do not need to see this again. I said on yesterday's podcast that, look, the only hope that I have is the fact that we've seen Giannis have some really nasty looking incidents and he's somehow been able to avoid major injury. He's done it again. This guy is incredible. I don't know how he did it, but the report that came out originally, I think it was Zach Lowe and, and Woj tweeted that out and said no structural damage. The Bucks confirmed that a little bit later on. And just even looking at Mike Budenholzer in his media availability today, you could see that it, it, it almost, you could see the relief coming out of his body. The fact that Giannis hadn't suffered this major injury, of course, this does not necessarily mean that he's going to come back and play in not only this series, but the rest of the postseason. In fact, I would find it very unlikely that he is going to do so. I'm certainly not expecting him to play again. But my goodness, the thought of not having this man for the entire 2022 season was about as depressing as it gets. So I still have to call this a massive, massive success in terms of the good news that we've got here. This is a great result for Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't don't know if I would... um go as far as to say shocked, but I was legitimately surprised to see him avoid the severity that he did with that injury. And um, as we were kind of talking about before we started recording, I mean, and, and you and Frank kind of touched on this last night too, that, you know, when, when you saw the injury happen and at first I thought he just kind of knocked knees with Clint Capella, you saw him go down. And then once you saw um, him on the ground and his reaction, you quickly realized it was more than that. And I just saw the one replay. And as somebody that's suffered a major injury to my leg, I didn't need to see it again. Um, I'm still very surprised there was no structural damage. And it just speaks to what you've brought up before that he is just a freak of nature that he was able to avoid, you know, not only 
missing the remainder of the playoffs. And I think that's, that's kind of the approach that fans need to adopt, that you see the report and it's great news. And all of a sudden you think no structural damage. Great. He can come back and the Bucks still have a chance to win a championship. I think at this point you have to proceed just assuming we're not going to see him for the rest of the playoffs, because this is probably at least a couple of week long rehab process for the injury. And, and there's what, 10 days left in, in the 14 days, basically in the playoffs. So that's the good part. And, you know, it was tough to not let your mind wander to, man, if he's out for the playoffs and if this is a significant knee injury, what is next season going to look like? And, you know, what are some of the choices they're going to have to make next season to kind of set up this team's future going forward? The good part is you did have your first round draft pick next year. So that wouldn't be going to New Orleans, but you couldn't help but start to drift there. And now at least we know, okay, that is seemingly out of the picture and it's just getting Giannis ready, we think, for next season. We kind of brought this up on yesterday's podcast because, as you sort of pointed to, it was hard not to think of the worst, particularly when you looked at the mechanism of of how the injury was sustained, uh, if you were willing to watch the replay again, which, uh, well, again, once was enough for me. But I, I think it is certainly worth mentioning that because there's no structural damage, of course, that's great news. And people may immediately think, well, look, Giannis is a freak. Maybe he is going to be back for a potential game seven in this series in a couple of days time. I think the important thing to remember with an injury like this, and and you said you've had a, a serious injury before. I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I know we have a lot of new listeners right now. I've told my ACL three times. So I, I have some, so I have some experience with this type of injury and, and, it's more than anything, the pain that you feel or the soreness that you feel, particularly when the injury is sustained in that violent nature is that the bone bruising. I mean, that's where the soreness comes from and it can really take a long time for that to feel, to feel good. And this is why with these types of injuries, you, you, you do feel the worst, but you never really know until you get that scan because a lot of the times the pain that you feel or, or your reaction after the injury can just simply be that, that, that jolt that you feel through the joint. And that's why I, I never really comment on, on what the potential of the injury can be. We certainly say, look, hopefully it's not the worst. But when you see people like Reggie Miller on the broadcast saying, oh, well, he's, he's walking. That looks good. That looks good. That's not really the case because certainly with my experience doing it three times, the ACL, that I was up and walking within a minute. It's extreme pain. Then you tend to feel okay and you can walk, which was what we saw from Giannis yesterday with that injury. But the bone bruising is no joke. And that's why even with Trey Young, who is also questionable for game five, I was pretty quick on this show to say, look, I know it's easy to scoff at that injury and it didn't look like it was so serious, but bone bruising is no joke. That is really, really painful to try and play through there. So, you know, we'll see. I'm sure Giannis will be on the bench. I I couldn't help but laugh at the time when Bud spoke about you know, Giannis and how difficult it is to, to stop him from coming to the bench and to stop him from, from trying to get back out on the floor. I think back to last year against Miami with that game, game five where he, he didn't play and the Bucks season was ended. And I actually asked him after the game, you know, what's the, the process for you of trying to come to the reality that you really wanted to play? And the team had to say, listen, you can't do this. We can't let you go out there. And at the time, despite the fact the Bucks were eliminated, he was really, really appreciative of the fact that he understands that he will put himself at risk and he's willing to put himself at risk to win a playoff game and to extend the season for this team. And he knows how important he is, but he also appreciates that the medical staff have a job to do. And, and 
there's really no no question with this. It's it's very simple. It's very very cut and dry for mine. You don't play him if he is if he is not okay. You don't put this guy at risk. We saw yesterday how fleeting it can be that you could go from having this guy at his best, and we were discuss discussing how historic his playoff run was, and then it can be taken very very quickly. And we saw that. So I, look, very tempting. It's going to be to want to play this guy because we know how special he is, but you just have to be careful right now because, again, it, it wouldn't be worth any potential long-term damage. Who knows? Like we said, he's a freak. Anything could happen here, so I, I, I can't rule it out. My mind is just probably preparing myself for the fact that I don't think that we'll see him again, but it does bring me to the Mikulov Ultra moment of the week, and it was the tweet from Zach Lowe. This was the moment of the week when they said there was no structural damage to the left knee of Giannis. Uh, well, look, we can't really bring up anything else from that game four there in Atlanta. So this was no doubt the moment of the week and the moment of the last 24 hours uh, there, the fact that Giannis has not suffered a long-term injury. Uh, with Mikola Balcher, it's only worth it if you enjoy it at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. That's why we love Giannis, because he enjoys playing the game of basketball and puts a smile on so many Bucks fans' faces. So to get that news today, that's an easy one. That's the Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Mikulov Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I have got a little bit of an axe to grind, though, as we record this podcast, Justin. And not with me, I hope. Well, not yet. We'll see how you go for the rest <laughs> of this podcast. But, but social media, listen, it's a big part of my job. It's a big part of your job. We're on there all the time. But when incidents like this happen for Giannis, you really get the worst out of people. There's no question about that. I saw uh, Giannis' partner tweeted something to that effect of, of yeah. you know, social media is, is a dark place or something along those lines, she said, and I agree. And we saw, I think, a contender for one of the worst tweets of the year coming from uh, the Clippers reporter. I don't even know his name. I'm not going to say it anyway. But we all saw the incident. Of course, there was fear that he had torn his ACL, but to go out and tweet that, and I think, you know, as someone for me personally that is still pretty new in the game, in the media game, you, you do have a bit of a responsibility yeah. to not tweet bullshit. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it. And I don't really care who he knows in the Bucks organization. Like it, it, it's really irrelevant. As soon as that tweet went out, I actually copied it and sent it to the DM with, with Frank and Eric and all that. And I said, I think this might be the most pointless tweet of all time. To even sort of tie those two things together and put it out there. And, and the only reason you're doing that is because you want to benefit yourself and get the likes and retweets. I just thought it was pathetic. And we saw a lot of this over the course of the last 24 hours. I don't know why all of a sudden there are so many Twitter doctors out there in the world. But as, but as I said, you have a responsibility. And sometimes people will ask me and say, well, oh, what do you know? Do you know anything? One thing I will never do is speculate on injuries until the real uh, the, um, diagnosis comes out, which came from uh, obviously Zach Lowe, but then the team. And, and the team was what, what you wanted to hear it from. It's just not worth it. I don't think it's fair. I, I, think, it, I think it's crap. Um, no, I'm with you. And, you know, I, I think what, um, what you learn very quickly is – the biggest 
the, the things that can make you look like a fool the fastest are speculating on severity of injuries and what the timetable is because we don't know what's going on and, and everybody is different in how it reacts and recovers. Um, so I've always tried to avoid that. And I mean, the, the two big no-nos are injuries and talking about effort. That, that's another thing that you don't know. Well, they just didn't have it and they didn't try. Like, well, you don't know what's going on. So, and that's the number one way to alienate players from you as well. I saw the tweet that you were talking about. And to me, it's just this whole industry that we've seen of Twitter doctors that are diagnosing injuries that they see happen on TV, which, you know, just seems so, so out there and incredibly um, just how can we do that? That if, if you're actually a doctor, it seems ridiculous to say, well, this is what the injury is when that's not a patient that you treat. So, I saw it. To me, it seemed like just low-hanging fruit, and we'll see if I hit a home run on this because, of course, they're fearing the worst. Like every team in that position is going to be fearing the worst-case scenario. So to me, that's not really reporting. It's basically similar to the Adam Schefter breaking the Aaron Rodgers story. If you picked up on enough stuff <laughs> and said, I'll put this out there, and you know, now I've got the story. Well, of course, the Bucks are fearing of an ACL injury with that. But it clearly wasn't connected to anything. So look, my advice is, and I agree with everything that we saw on, uh, on Twitter. And you talked about uh, the tweet from Giannis's family as well of how toxic that can be out there. Avoid that. Just avoid all of the Twitter doctors that speculate on what the injury is and what timetable for recovery is. And I, I mean, look, the other thing that I think as, as a group of fans, we just need to embrace and get past is the amount of toxicity that you saw last night as well, just buying into Wisconsin is cursed. <laughs> There's going to be a team that breaks this curse. And it's kind of like what we said against uh, the Nets, where you know sooner or later the Bucs are going to win a game seven on the road. And sooner or later, some of these games are going to start to go their way. And you just have to start believing, why can't this version of the team be that team that breaks that? So it's same with this nonsense Wisconsin curse. Um, whenever I see that, it's the number one thing that drives me crazy. Just the woe is me. Well, this is always what happens to Wisconsin sports. It happens to all sports teams. I mean, that's unfortunately what comes with being a sports fan. Well, I don't think you're going to win that argument. No, Justin, I know with I the, won't. With the, with, the, with the fans, I'll say that. But, but, I mean, of course, you only have to look across the league to see all the injuries to understand that. Yeah, I mean, this this... Injury to Giannis obviously isn't an isolated injury with the NBA. I mean, we've again, we've seen it with basically all teams remaining here where they've had a major setback uh, through the postseason. It's been absolutely brutal. And again, as I pointed to on yesterday's podcast, this particular incident with Giannis, I, I don't think you can tie it to anything else. It was just a, an accident. It was a basketball play that happens all the time. And, and you know, just really, really unfortunate for Giannis. But I did get quite a few messages and dms after the game and and after we did the podcast and this is sort of the last bit we'll talk about Giannis here and then we will move on to game five here before we wrap it up but i i think the one thing that we learned yesterday and i and i think we already knew it like i don't think that we needed to particularly have this confirmed but the one thing that you did see was how much Giannis means to Bucks fans, but the city of Milwaukee as well. And I found myself thinking about it a lot because, I, I mean, obviously there's been so many injuries and 
injuries suck and you always feel you know shitty for the guy or the or the athlete the woman whoever it is that that suffered the injury no one wants to see it but as the night went on last night i I really did start to think i don't know if i would be or i have felt more sad for the individual than i did with Giannis with this injury and it was more than just basketball and i think ultimately it comes down to again how relatable he is as a star when you look at he's a family guy works his absolute ass off to get where he has been to this point and then more importantly i mentioned it early in the podcast but he does it all with a smile i think when you see star players and these millionaire athletes uh, around the leagues and and it makes sense i mean i could never put myself in their shoes but they do change a little bit with the fame and the one thing that I think everyone endears themselves to Giannis or Giannis has endeared himself to the city of Milwaukee and the fans is the fact that he's so normal. He's just a normal guy. And, and this is someone that, despite the fact he signed the richest contract in NBA history, despite the fact he's a seven-foot freak that can do stuff that no one else in the world can do, you can still look at him and say, yeah, I can relate to that guy. And, that, and that's why, again, I, I think we're so fortunate that Giannis has been with the franchise for as long as he has the so fortunate that he decided to stay with the franchise but I, I just found myself thinking about that a lot last night and how different Giannis is and and again I'll keep using that word but how relatable he is for a guy that let's be honest someone like me should not be able to relate to him at all yeah I mean he, he is he has been and, and anybody that has uh, had the pleasure of being around him basically from the start until him growing into a two-time MVP will tell you he's been remains largely unchanged from the kid that he was that came in as a rookie. And, and that was kind of my feeling last night of, you know, it was definitely disappointment and a, and a gut punch overall to, to walk into. So walking out on the stage in front of Pfizer forum and, and addressing the fans. And that's when the news broke that Trey young wasn't going to play. And look, we were all guilty of this, that you assume Bucks are going to win if Trey Young isn't playing, and this means they're up three games to one, and Thursday night's going to be a party, and they're going to the finals, and this is going to be amazing. And, you know, it did start to feel uncomfortable leading into the game uh, yesterday that it felt like we were all kind of assuming, well, this is a given. The Bucks are going to win this series, and it's kind of the same place we were in two years ago. And I know it's different, and the Raptors were a better team, and I think there's no disputing. The, the Raptors were a better team than the Bucks that year, but – when they were up two games to none and they won game two in the fashion they did, I think we all kind of took it for granted that the Bucks are headed to the finals and then that was taken away from you. It felt like we kind of went through the same thing last night and as disappointing as it was to realize, okay, this is no longer Thursday becoming a coronation and a party, the largest party that Wisconsin has seen in decades. Um, this is you now in a best of three series and likely playing without your best player for the duration of the playoffs. So that changed the mindset. But, you know, to me, most of what I was feeling was the same thing, where you're disappointed that it didn't go the way that you had planned. But then you think, man, this just speaks to just how unfair and cruel sports can be, just like the real world, where of all players, for Giannis to go through it, and I think we've even seen national personalities kind of exhibit the same feelings, that it shows you this is a guy that's truly different. And what we've talked about doing things the right way, and we want our athletes to do this, this, and this, he's done all of that. And he's a guy that's gotten to this level from work and has remained with the Bucks and been a part of this community. And just, you know, 
done everything the right way. So you, you don't want to see an injury happen to anybody, but to see it happen to him, it just, it felt especially crushing. Well, speaking about being part of the community, rockauto.com has been a part of the uh, Locked On Bucks community. Uh, Justin, I'm sure you're aware of that. Because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local, local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket on your mobile phone. So you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is the family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Well, we have to leave some time at the end of this show, Justin, to actually talk about this game five. So the Bucks are coming home. It's easy to forget, but the series is tied 2 2. The Bucks, if required, will have two of the final three games of this series at home. Now, I, I, I mentioned this. To, to you before we started recording. But I just, I feel it's inevitable this game, uh, this series is going to seven games now. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, this game five is very, very important for the Bucks to try and get back on top in the series and give themselves two shot at moving forward to the finals. Now we know Giannis, he's listed as doubtful, but look, I don't think he's going to play. So you have to prepare yourself for the fact that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are simply going to have to step up here. I mean, there's no other way around this. I think with Chris Middleton, it's interesting. And Dean Maniart actually just tweeted this stat into our uh, group DM here a few minutes ago. Uh, Middleton, so far, this series, we know that he's really struggled shooting the ball from three. But it's been the above-the-break threes that have really been uh, a problem for him so far this series. He's seven for 33 on above-the-break threes in this series. Now, we know outside of that sizzling fourth quarter in game three, he's really struggled. So look, they're going to need to they're going to have to need him to be better here in this game five if they're going to get a win. One thing that listeners and longtime listeners will know that I've brought up several times throughout the season, and it is certainly noteworthy when you look at the um, the schedule with the Eastern Conference Finals here. Chris has always shot the ball a little bit better when he's had two days rest in between games. I mean it's it's not it's it's just the facts. He has. The fact they're playing every other day, he has looked a little bit fatigued during this series for mine. It would probably indicate why he's missing those above the break threes. But we've seen him before. This is similar to game four. I know Giannis obviously started that game against Miami last year, but Chris stepped up, had a huge night. He's going to have to do it again. And so is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday overall is shooting the ball pretty well here in this series. But I did want to just bring up something with Chris Milton because we had the the podcast the other day where we were singing his praises. I said that I, I think the bar for where Chris Milton is held to in terms of what the expectations are for him as a player, I think are, are just ridiculously high from the fan base. And look, I, I guarantee you, if he doesn't shoot the ball well tomorrow, Twitter is going to be after him. And it's been fascinating to me that I've seen a number of tweets and I mean a number of tweets. This has been referenced a lot. Comparing Chris Middleton to Paul George and 
well, Paul George, look what he's doing without Kawhi Leonard. That's what Chris Middleton needs to do, which I found fascinating because I, I did wonder to myself, are people actually watching Paul George in this series? Now, look, he's, he's scoring his points. There's no doubt about that. But this is Paul George shooting in the Western Conference Finals so far against Phoenix. Game one, 10 for 26. Game two, 10 for 23. Game three, nine for 26. Game four, five for 20. So uh, over the first four games of the series, let me do some quick maths here. He was 34 for 46, 69, 95. So 34 for 95 over the course of the first four games of the series. And this is what I've always said with Chris Milton. And this isn't making excuses for him. It's just the reality. If you look across the league, players that if, if you're not in the top five in the world, so we're talking Kevin Durant, which we see is just insane, just a machine. He can get you those efficient scoring nights. So can Giannis. That's why Giannis is in that category. But players like Middleton and Paul George, they're not. They're top 30 players, top 25 uh, on their day, capable of winning you a playoff game, as we saw with Paul George in game five, where he was 15 for 20, had 41 points, just a monster performance. But we've seen that from Chris throughout this postseason. But they're going to need one from him tomorrow because now the responsibility is on him as the best player in this team. And unfortunately... For him, he's going to be held to that standard. So they need a big night from Chris Milton. Drew Holiday's actually shot the three pretty well this series. But I think the other key guy might be Brook Lopez here. We always yeah. speak about his role in the offense and where he fits when Giannis is trying to score in the paint. Maybe they go to Brook Lopez a little bit more down low in this game. Yeah, um, I think obviously you need a lot from all three of those guys. Um, and look, without Giannis and and. I know Atlanta did a really good job against him in the first half, but we could see four minutes into the third quarter that yeah, the Bucks were starting to attack more. Yeah, and, and things were going different in that third quarter. So um, without him, you're, you're going to need Brooke Lopez to take over some of that role of getting you points in the paint. And really, it just boils down to the Bucks have advanced this far in the playoffs because of their defense. So you're going to need that defense again. And and the tricky part, and I don't remember if it was you I was talking about this with last night or someone else, is, I mean, Giannis is right now the straw that stirs the drink defensively, especially if Trey Young is back, that what he's been able to do to him has unlocked a lot of things for the Bucs. So you need your defense to step up. You're going to need one of those performances from Chris. And I, I mean, I think at this point it has to be, two of the three between Chris, Drew, and Brooke need to have big games for you. And I guess what you would point to for optimism too is, look, I'm with you that I think this this series is going seven. And that means you're going to have two games at home. And we have seen with both of these teams, and not just in this round, but it, it's been a thing throughout the playoffs, your role players play better at home. So you're going to need big performances from your role players. You're going to need that game where Bryn Forbes or Bobby Portis or Pat Connaughton hit some threes and having two of these potentially three games in front of the home crowd should help them there. So you're going to need that performance from Chris. And I think it was game four last year against the heat where he had at the time set his career high in the playoffs with 36 when he saw Giannis go down. Um, You're going to need that type of performance. And it's just, I've already seen, you can't really draw parallels between the two because, you know, seeing Giannis go down with an ankle injury is much different from what we saw last night. And Chris said after the game, he didn't see it, but he heard Giannis scream and he knew it was bad. And I mean, the Bucks did not play well in the first half, but that it's, it's just, I don't think you can put into words 
how difficult it is to move forward once you see a guy like that who is so beloved by his teammates and how important he is to that team go down with an injury like that. I mean, it's, it's tough to rebound from that, and I think that's kind of what we saw in the last two quarters of the game. Going to be interesting to see what they do do with the starting lineup now. I think there's two obvious options here. They'll either go with Pat Connaughton or Bobby Portis. I think it could actually have a fair bit to do with whether Clint Capella plays. Now, yeah. this was an incident that was obviously overlooked because you know the focus was on Giannis in this game. But Sam Merrill coming in hot with the elbow to Clint Capella's face. Accidental, but caught him. And it was a nasty blow late in this game. And you could ask the question why Capella was in the game in the first place. But... He's listed as questionable for this game. Again, you probably assume that he will play, but then again, we thought that with Trey Young in game four, so we'll wait and see. I think if Capella plays with John Collins, then you're probably more likely to go with Portis. And if uh, Capella doesn't play, maybe they go a bit smaller than maybe you go with Connaughton. I mean, I, I think either way is, is probably not a big deal. It will be interesting to see, though. We know the Bucs have had great success with that small lineup with Giannis and Pat so far this series. That's obviously not going to be an option. And I'm just looking at the lineup data here. So far this series, Lopez and Portis have played 20 minutes together. Defensive rating of 102.6, which is obviously good. The offense hasn't been great in that stretch, but it's such a small sample size that those numbers probably aren't all that relevant. But I think it would be interesting to see the Bucs go with the Lopez and Portis uh, connection there because we know that offensive rebounds have been big for the Bucks so far and, and I think you would have at least a little bit of concern if you didn't go with Portis you went with Pat and the Hawks still had those two big guys out there perhaps the offensive boards might start to be a problem but then defensively I think you probably feel more comfortable with Pat I'm not sure I think it does depend on the health of the Hawks players here but are you leaning in any particular direction there? Um no, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing that you were saying that I would, I would lean more towards Pat, but that really, I mean, that really kind of hinges on what Atlanta does. And, and even with Capella, I mean, we've, we've seen him play less and less in this series. So I'd be curious to see if that changes now that there's no Giannis, we assume, for tomorrow's game and potentially going forward. Um, I, I just like... I don't know. I, I feel like there's a better chance of of Bobby and Brand kind of being offensive guys that come off the bench and you try to get them going with the second unit. So that's why I would lean towards Pat. But you do recognize that that leaves you open for the potential to just get slaughtered on the boards. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the big thing is that, and again, I've mentioned this, it hasn't been spoken about at all through this series. And no matter where you listen, this whole entire series, you've heard geez, DeAndre Hunter's out. What a big blow that is for the Hawks. And they talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. No one's spoken about the fact that the Bucs were already missing a starter in Dante DiVincenzo. So now they're two starters down. Um, certainly look, looking likely to be the case for game five. Anyway, we'll see moving forward. But yeah, look, I think, again, we've spoken about it all season long. When the Bucs decided to bring in Drew Holiday, when they decided to make some of these trades, they sold out on depth to try and top end the roster, as most contenders do. And, you know, the downside to that is the, your depth is really tested. The Bucks have basically been playing seven guys. Now it's like, well, there's six guys that you've been playing. So, look, they find themselves in a tough spot because we know we haven't seen a lot of Bryn Forbes in this series. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bud manages these minutes. But I would be anticipating Drew and Chris must be uh, ready to run in this game because I think they might be logging some major minutes. Uh, I do want to mention the ultimate mock draft 
which is starting on July 19th. It's presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini, and former general manager, Ryan McDonough. Yeah, local Locked On NBA experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is the audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts as we close the door on this one? Um, just, you know, what we said at the top of best possible news you could hope for, that it's, it's, there's no structural damage, so it's not going to compromise next season. Um, and, and now it's, you know, Lou Williams talked about it after the game for the Hawks of you just got to step up and band together and create success. So now the Bucks have to do the same thing. And, you know, you feel confident that you have home court advantage yet in this series and you, you do have an all-star in Chris and you have a guy that you heavily invested in and feel confident in, in uh, Drew Holiday. So look, not all hope is lost here and the Bucks can still get to the NBA finals. So um, that's my, that's my uh, take going into the game of you still have home court advantage. So let's look at the positives here and look for your role players to play better and you just you can't get off to the starts that you did in games one, three, and four. So I think that's really what we all have to be looking for. Um, with Trey Young is questionable, do you think he plays in game five? Well, <laughs> no. Can I, can I say that? No. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, thought he, I thought he was guaranteed to play in game four. Um, I mean, this series is just moving so quickly. I, I, yeah. I think that the questionable is a fair uh, spot to have him in. I, I'm, I'm questioning whether he's going to play in this game. I, uh, I'm there too that I think, I mean, the Hawks were afforded the luxury now of we, we can take our time with Trey Young. And if, if sitting him two games means he's 100%, then great. We have him for game six. And that's either to close things out or we just know we have Trey back and they don't have Giannis and we got to win the final two. Yeah, Giannis and Trey coming back for game seven at 574. What a story that's going to be. Uh, let's leave it there. As I said, you know, it was really, really going to be hard to even discuss this series or think about anything moving forward if we got worse news than we did today. So obviously, a big sigh of relief from everyone that, uh, that cares about the Milwaukee Bucks. And we'll have this game five to look forward to tomorrow. And like we said, it's a big challenge for the Bucks without Giannis. Hopefully, they're prepared to step up at home. I'm sure the crowd is going to be electric once again. We'll wrap it up after the game. Frank will be back. Hopefully we're in a better mood. So I'm looking forward to that. For Justin and myself, we'll catch you guys then.